Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. Good morning, church. Speaking of news, one of my least favorite expressions of news or sports shows is where they have a table and there's like five or so people sitting around the table and they are all talking over each other. Um, it's they're, they're angry or just it, it's hot. There's a lot of uh, interruption. It's hot, fast and loud. And, and really, I just I don't I don't like that. And it makes me really appreciate when a, a journalist will will take their time. And, it, you know, if, if the producers give them a chance to like, OK, here's here's a couple minutes. Tell the story, report the news like just take your time with it. Slow down. Take care in how you d- deliver the story. I, I really don't get the appeal of why uh, when, when producers throw a bunch of people on the TV and they're all just yakking at each other, interrupting each other. Um, it's just, yeah, loud and fast. And, and there's a sense of rush sometimes. Uh, we live in a world that is addicted to noise. A society full of, of rush, 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 rushing around. And as, as a church, uh, we, we know we're supposed to be living differently. We're supposed to be living counterculturally. But as it happens, we, we rush to the store. We rush to school or work. We, we rush to church. And all of this rushing around, it, it ends up being a huge cultural pattern for us. And, and you know, our worship life sometimes our devotional life, our, our prayer life, it, it, it's almost as if we're, we're going to the grocery store at the deli counter and it's like, yeah, let's just get in, get out, let's order that ham and, and get out of here. It's just like a rush, you know, that, that, that cultural pattern of, of rushing around. Does it impact us more than we, we realize? And so today, I'd like to consider uh, just this, this concept, this idea of... of yeah, we, we don't want to rush around in our relationship with God, our, our, our worship life, this, this rushing around. And, and what I mean by worship, I'm taking a broad definition of worship. When we sing songs here t- together in a community or when you're driving in, in the car listening to a song, your devotional time, your prayer time, prayer walks, I'm taking a broad definition of, of worship and, I, and, and what I want to get across today, Lord willing, is we don't want this rushing around, this, this hot, quick, and fast, and angsty type of mentality to, to just kind of uh, bulldoze right into our, our worship life. And so today, uh, we are going to be in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, you can turn to Ecclesiastes 5 if you have your Bibles. Uh, if you find Psalms, the next book is Proverbs. The next book after that is Ecclesiastes. We're in Ecclesiastes 5. And we're just taking a look at three verses today. And there's many verses to pull from when we talk about worship care. The topic today, worship care. There's many verses that we can pull from. But today we're going to check out this book of wisdom here. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. And so let's, let's get right to it here. Worship care. What, is it, what does it mean for us 
uh, as we take a, take a look at this, this passage here. Worship care involves guarding your steps. The Bible says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. For our spiritual ancestors, a long, long time ago, you know, this, this meant, hey, yeah, be careful as you approach this public place of worship, the t- tabernacle or the, the temple, be careful. Watch yourself. Be careful. Where we engage with God, the lesson is don't rush. Be careful. Let me just take a pause here and say if anybody was rushing around this morning, or perhaps some of you are like, ah, oh, man, like I'd rather be in bed right now. This sermon actually might be a hard one to hear. So I'm, I'm with you. I recognize that we're in this together. We're talking about worship care and this idea of, hey, can we, can we treat this in a healthy way? Can, can we protect our worship life here? Guard your steps, meaning to watch your conduct. When, when the Bible uh, talks about feet and steps, especially, especially in the, the Old Testament, it's referring to like your whole conduct, your, your feet, your walk. How's your, your walk doing with the Lord? Be careful. Watch yourself. Guard yourself. 229 miles of the Appalachian Trail run through Pennsylvania. And the Pennsylvania portion is known for its rocks. And the hikers uh, kind of semi-lovingly call Pennsylvania Rockslovania. Because there's so many rocks on the trails. There's also roots and, and all of that. In Pennsylvania, you really have to be careful where you place your feet. You don't want to roll an ankle. You don't want to move too fast and, and end up hurting yourself. So in this context here, that the house of God is, is this public place of, of worship. The temple was set apart. This was the center of Israel's worship life. It was set apart. And so I want to consider uh, a little bit this idea of set apartness. And I, I normally don't like to divide sacred and, and, and secular because I believe God is, is everywhere. But, you know, with that said, we do have these spiritual moments in our life that are set apart. We have what we're doing right now, like Sunday morning is set apart. It's marked out. We might have personal devotional time in the mornings. Uh, we have holidays, uh, special, special prayer times, just special moments in our day that are designed and the purpose is to worship, to pray. Jesus took time for this. Jesus broke away. He broke away all the time to, to have some special time with the Father. And so when we set apart a time for worship, the caution is we don't want to snowplow right into that. We, we don't want to bull rush right into the house of God, right into the presence of, of God. And I'm, I'm reminded of Exodus 3. Moses is a shepherd, and he's out in the wilderness, and he knows the scenery. He's a shepherd. He, he knows what to look for. He's scanning the horizon, and he notices something different. That's his job to do, to notice if there's a danger. And he sees something, ends up being a burning bush, and, and, and God calls his name Moses, Moses. But then God says, don't come any closer 
Take off your sandals, for this is holy ground. There's this idea of holiness, this idea of, of something special, something set apart. We want to be aware of God's holiness, aware of, 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 of God's holy presence. God is not a program, God is a, a person. And so by His grace, by His grace, we get to approach God. This God who is altogether glorious, who is un, unequaled in majesty, and he has, he has no rival. Our God, our big God, the maturity to grasp here is that there's an understanding of boundaries. This, this God-human relationship. God is God, and we are not. And just like in any human relationship, like it's, it's rude to just bust in and, and snowplow the other. That's kind of the caution here as we approach our holy God, the presence of God. Be careful not to fly into your worship life, your devotional life, your prayer, your prayer life. Give yourself a pause. Be a keeper of your steps. The, the word here for guard is the same word that is used in Genesis chapter 2. When God gives Adam and Eve the, the job of guarding the garden, be, be a keeper of the garden. It's the same word that is, that is used here. So, so just like as one would keep a garden, guard your worship life. Watch over it. Take care of it. Protect your worship life, your, your posture towards our worship with God. Our worship life needs to be tended so be careful. You're approaching a holy God who's immeasurable, unfathomable, eternal, immortal, our invisible God. And it's not the get yourself cleaned up first and then you can come to God. That's, that's not what it is. It's, it's awareness. We're talking about awareness. Absolutely. We're messy. We're broken. We're dirty. We, we come, we're aware of that. And we compose ourselves. We, we watch our steps as we engage with our God. And so wherever you engage with God, whenever you engage with God, the lesson is guard your steps. And next, worship care also involves approaching God, going near to God, and you're ready to listen. Go near to God, the Bible says, rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Go near to listen. So compose yourself, church. Go, go near. You get to go to God. By His grace, His great is His faithfulness, new mercies every day. God, God is here. God is with you. God is for you. You get to go to God. Go near and be ready to listen. A posture of having a, a learning Obedience. It really is like an attitude issue here. Are you open to listening? Are you ready to sense the presence of God? Are you open to hearing from God today, tomorrow, this week? It says we want to make sure that the sacrifice we bring is not the sacrifice of 
fools. So, so what does that mean? Okay, in the Old Testament days, sacrifices at the temple, absolutely they meant something. God didn't just have them kill these animals for fun. No, there is meaning, deep theological meaning here. But sometimes we get disconnected from, our, from the things that, that God tells us to do, the things that we're supposed to be doing. And as we get disconnected, we start to, to lose that, that sight, that vision, that, that purpose. And yeah, we, we get disconnected. Eventually, we can drift so far that God will actually speak up and say, as he does in Isaiah chapter 1. And he's like, stop your worthless sacrifices, your offerings. They're detestable. I don't want them. Like, just put a pause on that. Like, we need to have a heart correction here, Israel. Just stop. Bringing your worthless offerings to me. We can get so disconnected that we lose sight of what it's supposed to be doing for us. And so for us, I think we can take this as don't go through the motions. Just simply trusting in the religious things that we do and just kind of hoping that it's all going to work out. At the end, and it's just going to be enough. You know, God doesn't want us to go through the motions. And sometimes people go through the motions and they don't even realize it. They're kind of just stuck on this treadmill of religion. We could call it that, that cold, dead religion that is far away from the heart of God. Far away from the gospel of Jesus. And this also applies to our our words. We'll, we'll talk about this here in a minute. But James 1.19 teaches us to be quick to hear, quick to hear and slow to speak. So, so go near and listen. Listen in obedience in Hebrew. I believe it's actually like the same word. Okay? To obey is to listen. To listen is to obey. Go near to listen. Don't keep babbling on like the pagans, for they think they will be heard for their many words. There is a, a beauty in simplicity here. Guard your steps. Compose yourself. Go near. And be ready to listen. And I think our, our worship life, as, as we kind of consider this, it's, it's you're giving yourself a chance to catch up, to slow down, and, and, and give yourself a, like a mini transfiguration in a way. So let's just kind of consider that. John 17, the Mount of Transfiguration. You know, Jesus uh, is, is transformed, transfigured. The voice of God speaks over Jesus. This is my son. I love him. I'm pleased with him. And then God's like, listen to him. Listen to him. And I think in our, in our movement of worship, as we slow down and compose ourselves, as we are ready to listen, we are listening to Jesus. We are, we are listening for the Spirit to speak. I've noticed Jesus doesn't seem to rush us, but we're the ones who tend to rush Jesus. So one of my favorite words, intentionality. Intentionality can help us from not going through the motions. That if we can have intentional devotional time, even if it's even if it's a quickie, a five minute like little read through, it's okay. Like be intentional with that. 
In terms of, of public worship, let me throw this one out at you. Perhaps all of us would benefit from showing up to our public worship space perhaps five minutes earlier. Maybe, yeah, wake up five minutes earlier. Maybe that intentionality to, to look at your, your margin, the times that are set apart for you, you and God. Do you go on prayer walks? Do you, do you sit and read? We, we, all, we all have a different composition of, of this, our devotional life, prayer life, our worship life. Think about it. Intentionality. Guard your steps. Protect your garden. And go near, and you're ready to listen. You're ready to listen. All right, now let's, let's talk about our mouths. What does it say? Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. You know, as I was thinking about this, like, sometimes I can't shut down my, my brain. But God is aware of that. You know, it's like I can't slow that down. But still, the, the caution here, again, it's, it's about awareness, is, is the, the author of Ecclesiastes here is, is like, you know, don't be that, that fire hydrant with your words. That, that don't be impulsive with your, your thoughts. You know, impulsive people... They make the, the rapid decisions without proper consideration. They blurt out things. They're the ones who want to run across the street without looking. Maybe you can relate to that. Okay? And, and I think, again, like as we, as we think about this, our, our worship time and slowing down, absolutely, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to have heavy things on your heart. Absolutely, it's okay to just be everywhere. Right? But there is this warning about that outburst. And so worship care does involve, after we guard ourselves and we slow down and we're, we're listening, worship care also involves being intentional with our words. Sometimes this is hard. Sometimes I don't have, like, it's hard to find the right words. I might have the opposite problem where I don't know which words to use, but we compose ourselves. There might be a lot going on in our headspace, but we want to avoid a misplaced outburst. And perhaps, you know, back in the ancient time, this was like a lived out, like, you know, caution. Yeah, don't run into the physical, like, court. Don't, you know, the Bible says, enter the, his gates with thanksgiving. Like, as you go through the actual gates there in Jerusalem, again, don't, don't bull rush through it and don't just be out, outburst and, and be that, that, that chaotic person. And it's, no, like, compose yourself. Compose yourself. Now, now it's more spiritual on this side of the cross, the church age, how we engage with God. There, there's still a lesson to, 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 to being aware of God's presence. You know, Paul talks about the old nature. One of the works of the flesh is fits of rage, of, of outbursts of, of anger. That's, that's the old nature. 
What we're doing here is we're, we're checking ourselves, we're composing ourselves. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? Like, that, like we're giving ourselves a moment to catch up and slow down. Let's remember this together. God is in heaven. We are on earth. Let our words be few. Worship care involves reminding ourselves that God is in charge and we're not. All right? God cannot be tamed. As A.W. Tozer puts it, you know, God cannot be reduced down into these manageable terms. You know, we remember that we're small, we're needy. We're, we're the dirty kids that, that need cleaned up. We're the little finite beings who barely know anything. Really, the less we say, the better. We cannot bully God. We can't push him around. We can't eclipse God with our many, many words. Unconsidered talk can cause trouble. So again... Don't rush. Acknowledge the holy. This wisdom here says, be careful with your words. And and, and then one more nugget to look at. A dream comes when there are many cares and many words mark the speech of a fool. It's an interesting comparison for those who are busy, busy schedules, busy bodies, just kind of ongoing, maxed out. Busyness can really breed restless dreams. When we have so much going on, it actually interrupts our sleep cycle. And let's call that out. That's not healthy. All right? Likewise, all this wordiness, it reveals foolishness. Overtalk. Babbling. Empty promises. It, it, it shows that, that we're foolish. Jesus and, and, and Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew says, let your words be few for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Acknowledge the holy. Acknowledge your holy father who already knows what you need before you ask him. Let your words be few. It's kind of stitching all this together. I I have a quote from Francis Chan. He does a great job kind of tying all of this up. He says, we live in a world where people carelessly rush into things. If we don't rush, we will be passed up and miss out. So we frantically follow the pattern of the world and ignore the fact that God calls us to act differently. Productivity is no sin But when it comes to the sacred, God commands us to proceed with caution. So God absolutely cares about the relationship that you have with him, that he has with you. And God wants you to care about that relationship too. Like a gardener, taking care of the plants. Take care of this relationship. Our worship life is a big part of our relationship 
with God. And so it is imperative, church, for you to take care of your worship life, to, to nourish it, nurture it. Our strength comes from, from God. He is our sense of, of power. If, if you're feeling you're living a, a powerless life right now in your spiritual walk, perhaps check out your worship time, your time with God. God is our, our source of life. God empowers us. When our hearts are connected with, with God, there's, you know, that's, that's where that, that inspiration and illumination, that, that empowerment comes from our God. As I say, give yourself some, some space and grace for yourself. Right? And some of us, it, it, it's like the, the, the airplane example. we got to put our oxygen mask on first before we help others. Some of us, we're doing so much of other things. Be aware of, of what, what's going on in your schedule. Be aware of your, your own worship life. Your own spiritual walk. Guard your prayer life. God doesn't want us to go through the motions. He doesn't want rash vows, empty promises, but he wants something deeper. He wants you. He wants your heart. And worship is a way to connect to God's heart. So what do you need to do this week? What do you need to do this week to connect with God's heart? What needs to be cut out? What needs to be added in? God is a faithful God. God is a good God. I believe there is a healing presence, a, a, a peaceful presence, a deep kindness of God, like that deep calls out to deep kind of relationship that all of us can have and experience every single day. That's available to us every single day. What kind of worship care are you willing to try this week so that you can enjoy the presence of God? What kind of worship care do you want to put into practice this week? Take care of yourself, church. Let's take care of one another. Let's pray.